0: I dare you to open your mouth and shout the name that's above every name tonight. Shout that name until fear uh, has to bow. Shout that name uh, until discouragement has to run. Shout that name uh, until healing comes over your body. Shout that name until chains uh, are broken tonight. Shout that name until walls begin to fall tonight. Oh, if you know there's power in the name, put those hands together one more time and give him a shout of praise. Woo! How many of you understand there's power in your shout? How many of you understand there's something supernatural about a shouting church? When God brings his people out of the wilderness into the land of promise, one of the first things he establishes is that their warfare would be unusual. And when they come to the city of Jericho... And the Lord tells Joshua, I'm going to give you uh, the city. He was a man of war. He came with his sword drawn, saying, Are you for us or against us? And I could just hear the Lord say, Put your sword away. For this new paradigm of promise, you're gonna learn out of war supernaturally. Ah! Where's the catapults? Where's the battering rams? You ain't going to need none of that, baby. Uh, all you need when I show up uh, is a shout on your lips. When you hear the sound uh, of the ram's horn. They had a signal. Well, I, I just don't know about all this coming together. and shouting. They had a signal he said when you hear the sound of the ram's horn now I don't have time to teach a theology lesson tonight but if you study the the integrity of the text you will understand that anytime you hear the sound of a ram's horn or the blowing of the trumpet that it was a type of the preaching or the declaration of God's word and so he said if you learn how to respond when the man of God preaches if you learn how to respond to a declaration of faith oh how many of you know the Bible said that the weapons of our warfare uh, are not carnal uh, but they're mighty through I wish I had a church tonight they're mighty through God uh, to the the pulling down of strongholds I wish somebody would just lift up your hand and grab a hold of a stronghold tonight and understand there's power when you shout walls come down when you shout strongholds are broken when you shout hey my God I wish somebody would tear down a stronghold tonight Somebody ought to take about 30 seconds in this building uh, and just shout your way uh, over the top of that obstacle. Uh, Shout your way uh, over the top of that wall. Uh, Shout. Ah. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. Tell them, neighbor. Neighbor. Tell him I'm a shouting saint of God. There's power in my shout. There's power in my praise. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together one more
1: time in this house.
0: Good to see brother and sister pack in the house of the Lord up in the balcony tonight. Y'all shouting up there, sister pack? I can feel it all the way over here tonight. Hey Amen. High have about six people on the way to your seat. Tell them let's have church tonight. Let's have church tonight. Woo. Hey Amen. You can be seated for just a few moments. I want to again say what a privilege and an honor it is tonight. To have all of our guests and our visitors that are in the house of the Lord. Rock Church, would you help me one more time? Put your hands together and make some noise. Come on, we can do a little bit better than that on a Tuesday night. Help me make welcome all of our guests that are here tonight. So good to have you in the house of the Lord with us. God is doing some amazing things, and we're grateful for what the Lord is doing in this place. Amen. I want to say what a privilege and an honor it is tonight to have my family back in the house of the Lord with us tonight. It's good to have brother and sister Montez, my brother, my sister, and my beautiful niece Carly in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Help me make them welcome again. Amen. And I love them very, very much. And so wonderful to have my beautiful niece Kiana in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen and my great-nephew, little Mr. Luca, in the house of the Lord. Amen. Love them very, very much and grateful that they're in the house of the Lord. How many of you thank God for what he did this past weekend? How many of you were blessed by what the Lord did in this sanctuary on Sunday? Amen. Sunday morning after the Lord finished moving in this house, Mario was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Come on, we ought to rejoice over that tonight. And then Courtney was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then Sunday night, my Lord, have mercy. If you were not here, you simply missed a divine interruption in this house. We never made it to the preaching. The glory of God fell in such a powerful way. Miracles, signs, and wonders all over this house. And when we were finished Sunday night, Jacob was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then Sunday at our Port au Prince campus in Haiti, Oliveri was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, we're thankful for what the Lord did. Amen. I want to again piggyback on the announcement that was already made in inviting all of our men uh, to our Father's Day celebration this Saturday at Lakes Park. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be an awesome time beginning at 10 a.m. And, uh, again, if you need any more information about that, please see Brother Daniel Dominguez. Is he in here or is he making rounds? He's right over there. Raise your hand. Stand up, Brother Dominguez. If you don't know who Brother Dominguez is, let's thank God for his leadership, the director of our Iron Men Men's Ministry. Amen. What an incredible job he's doing. We love Brother Dominguez, but please see him. Or you can see Sister Ilomis Alexandre. Stand up, Sister Ilomis. She is the director of our Sisters Connect program. We love and appreciate all that she is doing. And we're going to have a great time on Saturday. Amen. And uh, it is wonderful. We have some other guests that I want to recognize tonight. It is wonderful to have Pastor and First Lady Hernandez here with us all the way from Goose Creek, South Carolina. Would you help me give them a resounding applause and welcome them to the Rock Church on a Tuesday night. They're here with their precious family. And what an honor it is to have them in the house of the Lord. And they brought a special guest that they met here in Fort Myers and uh, this is Liz Powell. And Liz, we're so honored to have you in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Amen. And, and we're grateful. We pray that you feel right at home. And uh, we, we absolutely love our guests and visitors. And I asked Hernandez if he would just come and greet this congregation. Would you clap your hands one more time? Thank the Lord for this great man and the work they're doing in South Carolina. Amen.
2: Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Has he been good to you? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name forever. Let us exalt his name together. It is an honor to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful Tuesday evening all the way in Fort Myers. I think my family and I might get the the prize for driving the farthest to church. On a midweek service, amen, it is good to be in the house of the Lord, and um, I love what I feel in this place. There's redemptive lift in this house. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, this would be a good night to get the Holy Ghost. Come on, you might as well just go ahead and jump in and just... How many remember when you got the Holy Ghost? when I think of His goodness and all that He's done for me. Come on, somebody. I I just got to praise Him a moment. I I just got to worship Him. He's brought me out of the miry clay. Come on, He delivered me from oppression and depression. He gave me a reason to shout. He gave me a reason to dance. Hallelujah. Come on, we're dancing on the grave of our enemy. There's an answer to Jericho. There's an answer to Jericho. And I thank God for a church that knows how to worship the Lord. Amen. Your victory is in your worship. I said your victory is in your worship. Amen. It is an honor to... Be with the Williams and Brother Mays. What a treat. I didn't even know he was going to be here tonight. God bless you. It's good to see Brother Mays. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Is that right? Memphis, Tennessee. Good to be here. Amen. The problem, I was thinking about this the other day, Brother Williams. The problem is not my problem. The problem is not my problem. The Bible says that all things work together didn't say a few things didn't say just a a little bit he said all things all things you lost your job all things you got a marriage problem all things work together you say I don't know the good in it just keep on walking I don't see the answer in it just keep on walking I don't see the victory in it just keep on walking Because the problem is not your problem. Come on, I want to tell a young lady right now, a young man right now, if you will stay connected to your pastor and you'll stay connected to your God, the problem will never be your problem. Because when you're connected to a cause that is the greatest cause in all the world, the problem will never be your problem. The devil would love for you and I to make the problem our problem. But tonight, I want to give it back to God. I want to put it back where it belongs because the problem is not my problem. That's why I can dance. When it's all going wrong, I can still dance. When family members walk out, I can still dance. When my friends walk out, I can still dance. Glad I'm in a safe house, Brother Williams. This is the house that Mercy built. This past Sunday, I preached in our church the structure will save you. The structure will save you. Keep on praying because the structure is going to save you. Keep on worshiping because the work, the structure is going to save you. You know what holds these walls up? It's, it's the structure. It's the things that you don't see. It's the things that you, that you can't see with your physical eye, but, but it's the structure. It's midweek service. It's midweek prayer meeting. It's prayer in your home when nobody's looking, when nobody's watching. I don't need the light. I don't need the microphone. I don't need the solo. No. Wow. I feel so good in this house. I'm so glad to have Liz with us tonight. Now, this is a cool story. Her sister lives in Rock Hill, North Carolina. Her sister's son and husband go to our church in Goose Creek. Liz was in our church this past Sunday with her sister. After church, she said, "I didn't know where she lived." She said, "Pastor, I've been looking for a church." I said, "Where do you live?" She said, "Fort Myers." I said. I thought there was an apostolic church in Fort Myers. And I said, well, we just happened to be going to Cape Coral. The problem, not your problem. Liz, God knows what he's doing. Church, God knows what he's doing. There's something higher in this house. There's something greater in this house. This city has not seen it yet. That loved one that you thought could never be saved, they're going to be saved. You're so glad that you can be in church with the Williams tonight. Amen. How I many is glad you came to church on a Tuesday night? Would you lift your voice? It's so it's an honor to be here. We love you, brother, sister Williams. We give you honor tonight. Let's worship the Lord
0: together. I think we ought to just give God a praise for that word tonight. Come on, if you believe that word, you ought to stand to your feet and lift your hands and declare the problem's not my problem. Uh, So I'm going to cast all. I'm going to cast all of my cares upon him. Come on, somebody cast those cares tonight. Somebody that walked in heavy, uh, just cast those cares tonight. Uh, Somebody that came with some concerns, uh, just give them to God tonight. Uh, Somebody that came with a a worry in your spirit, uh, just give it to him tonight. Come on. Woo. Ah. My, 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 my. Just remain standing for a few moments as we prepare for the entrance of the word of the Lord into this house. Amen. It is also very good to have with us Brother Daniel Sisterson from Beaufort, Georgia tonight. Is in the house of the Lord, Pastor and Bishop Copeland. And uh, he is the outreach director there in Buford, Georgia. Brother, why don't you come and just give us a 30-second testimony. We love soul winning around here. Amen. I said we love soul winning around here. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
1: Praise the Lord. I am the outreach director. Bible studies is kind of my, uh, my deal. I'll just read you very, very quickly a couple of scriptures here and I'll get out of the way. But the Bible says in Mark chapter 1 verse 27, it says, And they were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he even unclean spirits, and they obey him. Mark chapter 2 verse 12, it says and immediately he arose and took up the bed and went forth before them insomuch much that they were all amazed and glorified to God saying, what we never saw it on this fashion before. Matthew 9 and 33, it says, and when the devils was cast out, the dumb spake and the multitude marveled saying, we never so saw in Israel. As Jesus went through his ministry, he began to preach and to teach. And his words were like another, any other words that any other man spoke because he spoke with one that had authority and power. And he would claim, uh, he would cast out devils and he would open up blind eyes and he would uh, restore with deaf uh, uh, hearing to the dumb. And the whole the whole nation of Israel began to be stirred up and they didn't understand what was going on, but they were all amazed at what Jesus Christ was doing. But Jesus said, with the works that I do, you shall do greater. He, I'm telling you that Jesus has commissioned us to take this gospel outside of these four walls and into the streets and into the highways and into the byways and compel them to come. And I I believe that if we really bear down, if we really begin to spread the gospel, we can pray for the sick, we can we can cleanse the lepers, and it, it's so much that all of Fort Myers will begin to be stirred up, and people will say, we've never seen it like this in Fort Myers before. We've never seen it like this in South Florida before. What's going on at the Rack Church in Fort Myers? What's going on? And then would pack this place out saying, we've never seen it like this. Man, even the drug addicts are being saved. Even the meth addicts and the heroin addicts are coming in off the streets and they're saying say what new doctrine is this what new thing is going on in Fort Myers and we'll stand up and say this ain't nothing to do this ain't nothing new, but this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Say, this shall come to pass in the last day, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your old men shall drink streets. I'm not trying to hype you up. This ain't a hyperbole. This is our commandment. This is our commandment. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature.
0: Come on, somebody ought to give God a hand clap of praise tonight. Woo! Somebody shout, I'm a soul winner. I'm a soul winner. Oh, if you believe it, put your hands together one more time in this place. Amen. We are so delighted tonight to have Pastor and First Lady May with us all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. And they brought their precious daughter with them, Sister Kayla, so good to have you with us this week. And Pastor and Sister May are not strangers to this house, and uh, we have been blessed abundantly by the ministry of Pastor May, and uh, we are just so honored that they would take time out of their precious schedule to be with us tonight. And I believe that God has anointed him with the word for this house tonight. Is there anybody that came into this house with the determination that I'm going to get the word that God has for me? Come on, I want you to put your hand on your chest and say, the word is for me tonight. Come on, the word is for me tonight. Now, if you believe it, clap your hands one more time as the man of God comes to declare the word. Pastor May, we love you. Preach the word to us tonight. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. We give you
3: thanks, Jesus. Lord God, we give you thanks tonight. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I like what I feel in God's house, but beyond what I feel, what I know in God's house. It goes beyond what I feel. It has to be a conviction of what I know. And That's why the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Beyond my feeling, beyond what I have in my pocket, beyond what others say to me or against me, I will bless The Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my. I can't control anybody else's mouth, I can't control what other people have to say, but I can control what comes out of these lips. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I give you praise tonight. Praise God. Praise God. And as the people of God turn to the word of the Lord, I want to give honor to Bishop and First Lady Williams. Thank you for the opportunity, the privilege, the honor to be here at the Rock Church of Fort Myers. Praise God. This church is a church that has made its mark and continues to expand the kingdom of God Amen. Just not in the Florida area, but we say we all know around the world by the grace of God. What the enemy meant for evil God, as Brother Hernandez said, turned it for good. Amen. What he thought he was shutting down, he was just spreading out. This reminds me of Pentecost. You can't stop it. You can't detain it. You can't hinder it. You can't lock it up. Amen. It doesn't matter what comes. Oh, our more than enough thank you jesus hey my my my, my I, I don't know I, from the very onset of the service tonight from the prayer and uh, brother john my goodness I, I was like brother john go ahead bro <laughs> Praise God. amen and then uh, amen brother Slaus, and and then sister clark and and then we it just kept on going Amen, Brother Hernandez. And I met my good brother and I always messed up his name. I don't want to mess up a name now. Praise God. But Brother Stewart, so glad I met him uh, not too long ago. And just to see what God is doing here. What God is doing here in the midst of his people. I believe great things. Amen. God has for us. So honored that my family's with me tonight. God bless them. We want to go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Again, give honor to... The ministry of the local church, and also, amen, to this great congregation. God bless you. Amen. Richly greetings from uh, Tabernacle de Vida Cristiana in Memphis, Tennessee, as they uh, pray and are inspired by what God's doing. Looking forward to being with you guys by the grace of God. Impact 2021. <laughs> amen. Now, I know you guys going to think I piggybacked off of, of that, but it really. I haven't preached this message in a while, and I, I couldn't get any anything else uh, uh, direction in any other way. I just felt the Lord put this on my heart for us tonight. First Samuel chapter thirty. I will say that everything uh, has has aligned. Everything has aligned, but I do believe that tonight uh, God has uh, allowed me to share this word. Probably in a very different way than I've ever shared it before. Um, and so, let's just go into the word of God. Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 1. And it came to pass that when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day. There's something that they say within filmmaking. They call it the Easter eggs. It's little hints. Things to come. <laughs> Something about the third day. <laughs> Anyways, up until this point, it looked like destruction, total annihilation, but the third day. My, my. Anyways, uh, the third day that the Malachites had invaded the south in Ziklag and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. So they smitten Ziklag and then they burned it with fire. They destroyed it, and everybody said, Beat down. That's what happened here. It was this not just a, a destruction. It was a beat down. And had taken the women captives that were therein. And they slew not any, either great or, or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city. And behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. This is an interesting Point here because I didn't mention this before about the sons and daughters. But let me tell you something: the power of a lady, of a woman, she don't ever go by herself. <laughs> the sons and daughters are going with the with the mama. Mm. Sometimes people don't don't want to value uh, a situation, but if you understand the importance. of and I want to tell uh, maybe a young mother here today, amen, there's an importance, God has put an importance upon your life, and, and you, are, you are important to the kingdom of God. Mm. And so, uh, Bible says in verse number six, and David, oh, verse, verse four, sorry, then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Um, I wasn't going to read verse 5, but I'm going to read it anyway. And David's two wives. I didn't like to read that part, two wives, because we all know that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. Don't do it. Okay. David and his two wives were taken captives. And, um, and I know him and the Gisuelitis and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. For some minutes tonight, I want to preach to us on this thought one more round. One more round. Lord, we thank you for your word. Anoint your people and we pray that your will be done in this house. In Jesus' name, we give you all the glory. Come on, lift up your voice. God, we give you all the glory. God, we give you all the praise. We trust you. Amen. To speak to us. Oh, in a personal way. In Jesus' name, we pray. And let the church shout amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord as we, amen, take our seats tonight, giving him glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This um, story is, is very intriguing in the word of God for many reasons. But one of the things that uh, called my attention to it, of course, Siklag, uh, strange name for a city or a town. But this was a town of uh, Negev or the south. And it was the south country of Judah. And we all know what Judah means represents uh, praise unto the Lord or uh, praise to Jehovah. And uh, there is something about Ziklag that, even though at this moment it was under the occupation of the Philistines, and and, and this is where David fled when he left Gath, uh, uh, fled to Gath from Ziph, and his followers. King Achish assigned him Ziklag for a place of residency. And uh, this was in the south uh, of Judah. Amen. I I don't think you can get further south uh, in the United States than than Florida. Man, this is the deep south. (laughs) Amen. He was in a place that was the deep south of Judah. It was deep down on the inside. There's something about that that spot that's deep down on the inside that it may seem like it's insignificant, but it's there. And and right now, it may seem to be occupied by, by other things and other fears and other situations. But, oh, God is saying, I want to take you back. You may not understand the circumstances of how you get there, but there's an old song that used to be sung. Take me back. Take me back to the place. Place where I first believed you. Amen. Take me back, God, to the place, amen, where I first believed. Take me back to the spot where I prayed through, as Brother Hernandez said, and received the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time. Take me back to that moment in which I consecrated and dedicated my life to you. Take me back to the moment where I say, God, I'm yours. I'm I give it all to you. I give my life to you. I give myself to you. Take me back. Now, why this is important in this story is because of the persona we're talking about. Talking about a man by the name of David who throughout Scripture has such a very vital uh, part And uh, correlates a lot with our day-to-day life. And uh, before I get into speaking about him, how I came by the title of this message was from something that happens within the sport of boxing. Uh, There was a new breed of boxer that was born. His name was James J. Corbett. Who won the heavyweight title of John L. Sullivan in 1892? How many remember that? (laughs) 1892. Corbett was an educated man who had practiced the science of boxing. And uh, he broke the mold of the stereotypical brawling to be a prize fighter. He understood the technique. The art, the finesse, and because of his handsome appearance and his classy ring style, he earned such nickname as Handsome Jim, Pompadour Jim, and finally, Gentleman Jim. His boxing career was 24 bouts, 14 wins, 5 by knockout, 4 losses, 3 draws, and 3 no contests. You have to understand that this time, boxing wasn't uh, something that was gauged by ten rounds or fifteen rounds. There was, you fought until someone gave up. <laughs> you fought until someone got knocked out. You fought till somebody threw in the towel. So, gentlemen, Jim fought on May twenty first, eighteen sixty one. Peter, the Black Prince Jackson. And after 61 rounds, that bout ended. 61 rounds. Three minutes, that's a long time. Gentleman Jim was known for his brainy quotes. He would say, uh, only those who have patience to do simple things perfectly ever acquire the skill to do difficult things easily. I'll say that again. Only those who have patience to do simple things perfectly Ever acquire the skill to do difficult things easily. But his most renowned quote was made in response to an interview after one of his fights. The reporter asked, What is the most important thing a boxer should do if he aspires to be a champion? And Gentleman Jim's response was, You become a champion by fighting one more round. When things are tough, you fight one more round. I come to speak to some champions at the Rock Church and say it's time for you to make up in your spirit, in your heart, in your soul. I am determined to fight one more round. Now the beautiful thing about about this is that Amen, when, when there's a, a, a boxing match. And I'm not encouraging anybody to, to watch boxing matches. I'm just talking about the sport. Only two people go into the ring, aside from the referee. There's a lot of clapping like we have tonight. A lot of cheering like we have tonight. A lot of whistling. A lot of hollering. All that's happening. But only two people step in there. <laughs> and some of us can't. Shout tonight because we're the ones that are in the ring. Some of us, it's a little difficult for us to feel like, hey, well, this is exciting because you're the one with the gloves on. You're the one that's feeling the bounce under your feet as you step on that canvas. You're the one that's feeling the weight, amen, of what's about to happen in this next round. And while everybody else is either cheering you on or booing you out, you're the one that has to face that opponent.
2: <laughs>
3: and it's a whole different scenario when it's you in the ring. I come to tell somebody tonight that the devil has a custom-made firearm design just for you. A 50-caliber magnum, a magnum weapon is a lethal weapon of destruction. Uh, they say that a 50 caliber can travel up to five miles. That's 24,000 or 26,400 feet. That's a long way. But the enemy has found a way to become a sniper, if I could say it like this. And he puts on the noise suppression. That's why the pastor said this is a, this is a shouting church. Because what the enemy wants to do, he wants to put that silencer on you. He wants you to get despondent and quiet. He wants you to get detached and... Unconcerned, he wants you to feel like nobody knows what I'm going through, and nobody feels my pain, and if they would know what I'm at, where I'm at right now, amen, they would be weeping with me, but I come to tell you amen, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to be quiet, he wants you to fold your hands, he wants you to bow your head, he wants you to fall under the load of, of condemnation and guilt, he wants you to feel like there is no hope. the bullets that he shoots they aren't to pierce your skull but your mind with discouragement and despair not penetrating your chest but rather your heart perforating it with bitterness and depression he doesn't take lives but he takes your hope and he takes your joy and he takes your peace your body is intact Your suit is crisp, your dress is fresh, your smile is clean, but your faith is ratchet. I know God is going to put this in my spirit for for some people here tonight. I'm I'm telling you, you come to church and we're going through all the the right movements, right? Pick them up, put them down, we, we know. Huh? You got to move down, but there's something on the inside that it feels empty. I'm picking up and putting down, but I don't feel the same thing I used to feel. I, I'm putting my hands together, but I, I've lost something. Something, something is, is not right. Something is not right. What has happened is that the enemy of your soul, of my soul, has hit you. I'm telling you, if you never got hit before, <laughs> it's one thing when you're 5-0. Pop, And when you're 5-0, it's good. Like anybody else, yeah, come on, I'm ready. When you only go two and three rounds, but when you have to go the distance, when, you, when you're putting those haymakers in and they're they, they hitting you back. I don't know if I want another one of those. I'm saying, if you never got hit before, you may feel like, man, I, I'm fast. I'm powerful. I'm quick. But Oh, when you get that hit. I remember, man, I was, I was a lot younger. We played we played some crazy game called Soldier. I don't know why we played this game. But this game was all about you couldn't say a color. You couldn't say a number. You couldn't say a name. Because once you did, everybody around you started hitting you. I don't know why we played this game, but we played it. So you said that, and pa pa. And I forgot what I said out that blue boom. His name was Gerald
1: Brooks.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Gerald Brooks. Gerald Brooks hit me, so everybody else was hitting me. I didn't feel not another hit. Only hit I felt was that hit that Gerald Brooks delivered to me. (sighs) Soldier. That's all I could get out. Gerald Brooks hit me so hard that I said, I'm never gonna play this game again. This is the dumbest game in the world. I'm coming to tell somebody here tonight, Amen, I know we're not playing a game. And I know there's a lot at stake. Amen, but you've been hit and you're wondering, can I ever or, uh, can I ever recover from this? You've been hit and you want I don't know if I want to go back out. Amen, and go back and, and face this opponent again. You've been hit and you're contemplating, should I continue or or should we throw in the towel? You've been hit and you're not sure if you have the stamina, the strength, the training to go forward. When I come to preach to you, God wants you and I to fight one more round. Oh, hallelujah. For the race is not given to the swift and to the strong. Amen. But you've got to endure until the end. Amen. This is not, amen, a sprint. This is a marathon. You've got to keep on keeping on. You've got to keep on fighting. Ma, ma, ma. Man, I, I already know I'm not going to finish this. It's impossible. But I I'm just telling somebody here tonight in the Holy Ghost, amen, that David, David felt these things. David felt these things. David was at that place. I'm telling you, David, David was a man that had known the greatness of God, but he was at that place. He was at that place where he felt like he couldn't stay on track. He was at that place in life where he felt like he couldn't make it to first base and living for God. He was at that place in his life where he felt like every forward, every step he took forward, he took six back. He was at a place where he had been hit broken relationships and darkened horizons and your midnight threatens your dawn amen it's a, it's one of those situations where you're coming but you just here by the grace of God I look I'm telling somebody tonight amen it's okay amen God knows where you're at and God sent this bald-headed preacher to tell you one more round I'm not telling you fake it till you make it. I'm not telling you just act like everything's okay. No, I'm telling you, we've got, to, we got a word of God that's coming to help us tonight. In chapter 30, David had just faced some terrible things. Saul had managed to overwhelm him and had him hiding in bushes and sleeping in caves and, He had six hundred soldiers that depended on his leadership and his provisions, and these men had families and wives and children that depended on them. And so David's responsibility heightens in knowing that his own precious family is also looking to him. Mm. Home life is tense. I said, home life is tense. Everything is, I mean, all you got to do is a little little spark. and Man, that's explosions. Mm. David barely escapes the stir-crazed king, bent on killing him to hide in the hills with his family, soldiers, and their families in tow. He leads them through danger until he is worn out. And David said, I have had enough. Listen to what he says in 1 Samuel chapter 27. If you could help me, 1 Samuel 27, verse number 1. 1 Samuel 27, 1, and David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of seeking, uh, despair of me to seek me anymore in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his Seemingly without hope and without God, this giant slayer is paralyzed from going any further. He said, I can't do it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. Can't can't handle this anymore. This is just too much. I'm talking to somebody that probably went to, amen, the bishop, went to one of the pastors, went to one of the leaders. Say, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't teach this in the school class no more. I can't do that that Bible study anymore. I can't go out on bus ministry. I can't I can't do outreach no more. I, I, I can't right now, right now, I just can't. I know it's getting personal, but that's what this is where we're at. Amen. Some marriage that say, you know what? I put up with him long enough. I put up with her long enough. Amen. Some parents, some children, amen that have internal conflict. They can't get things resolved. Everything is an argument. Everything is I'm, I know. I know we're blood, we're saved. Blood was sanctified and full of the Holy Ghost. But David was a man after God's own heart, and he still, Amen, found himself in a point in his Life where he said, I've had enough. So David begins to concentrate on Saul. Thank you, Brother Hernandez. The problem is not my problem. David begins to concentrate on the problem. Instead of concentrating on the shepherd. Oh my God. The same man before wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know where he wrote that? He wrote that in the valley of the shadow of death. See, a lot of times we want to take that he's writing that, sitting next to a beautiful meadow, amen, A nice a little stream. No, he said he, he was in a, a valley. He was in a moment, uh, amen, of, of, of danger, of fear. But he said, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. Now all he can see is Saul. He hears Saul's death threats to point that David becomes controlled by his fear. Saul will Destroy me. We know the power of fear. 2020. Huh? 2020. We know the power of fear. Get you all worked up, stirred crazy. What's going on? Don't sneeze on me. Don't cough next to me. Be careful. Now, I know some of you say, well, be careful because we lost we lost precious people. I know. I did too. I'm not, I'm not belittling what happened to us. What I'm saying, though, there, there is something that happens when you, we become overcome by fear, that we become paralyzed, that we can no longer see, uh, amen, but in the midst of it all, the promises of God are still yay and amen. So the David of yesterday, healthy, focused, Determined, empowered, emboldened, relentless, undefeated. Became so because of his conditioning. See, conditioning is what makes a boxer prepare. It's not just how much strength you have. It's not how fast you are. It's the conditioning. So that's why they say they're running. I mean, why would you run so much? I'm conditioning myself. Why is your diet that way? Because I'm conditioning myself. Why do you get all that sleep? It's because I'm conditioned. I come to tell somebody, Amen. The problem is not your problem, but we need to get back to some conditioning. We need to get back to where where the Lord helps us, Amen. To realize we get to get the right perspective. The first time David faced the Philistines in the wilderness, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse number 2, look what it says. 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 2, the first time David is facing the Philistines in the wilderness. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go and smite these Philistines? David said, you know what? I've got a situation, but I'm going to the rock of my salvation. I'm going to the stone that the builders rejected. I'm running to the mountain. The mountain that's uh, when the earth all around you is sinking. Stand on Christ, the solid rock I stand. When he felt small in comparison to his opposition. We see in verse number four, chapter 23. Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. See, he realized, you know what I need to do? Amen, it doesn't matter what I'm facing. I need to go back to God. I need to go back to God. I need to go back to my first love. I need to go back to that place in that altar. Amen, where I have my meeting. Amen, with the great God. Amen, of glory. When the Amalekites attacked him, 2 Samuel chapter 2, and verse number 1. 2 Samuel 2 and 1. The Bible says, David inquired of the Lord. In 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 19, David defeated them and even organized a counterattack. And David inquired of the Lord. David had saved a number of uh, situations. Because he realized, I know where I need to go. When I'm in trouble, when I'm in need. When he was confused, David talked to God. Somebody here tonight, you feel confused? You need to talk to God. I said, you need to talk to God. When he felt that he was being held back, David talked to God. David talked to God most of the time. But the problem in 1 Samuel 27 is he didn't talk to God this time. Who did David talk to? When David finds himself speaking words of fear, David talks to David. Man, that's another message for another time. But what what to say when you talk to yourself? Amen. David talked to David. And David said the wrong things to David. Like you and I do a lot of times. Oh, that brother doesn't like me. And that sister, amen, always talking about me. You don't know that. Your mind has told you that. You told yourself that. Why? Because you went up and you went to shake their hand and they looked away. Why did they look away? Because they didn't see you coming. It's just, no, they had to see me. I was right in front of them. How do you know that? when I looked at that brother he, he, he made an ugly face maybe he got a crib <laughs> well, I'm going to let the pastor take that one praise God <laughs> but you see what I'm saying we, we, we take some things a little too personal when it's not all about us I said it's not all about us it's not all about us it's all about him Oh, hallelujah. And while David was talking to God, everything was okay. But when David began to talk to David, he started saying the wrong things. He started saying the wrong things. Hey, I want me to tell you, there are some moments, there, was a, there were some people in the Bible that said the right things. The woman with the issue of blood she said if I could but touch he didn't tell anybody else that she said that to herself if I could but touch the hem of his garment the second son or what we call the prodigal son he said I'm going to go back to my father's house that's what he said that's good he said that to himself mm. but oh you got to watch out what you say to yourself now, Brother John read Psalm 41, but for Psalm 42, amen, David, or the psalmist is talking to himself, and it says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, he who is the health of my countenance and my cup. Mm. So, David says the wrong things. How did this happen he started getting some wrong influences he started listening to the wrong playlists he started spending too much time on certain areas that he shouldn't have been he started reminiscing a little bit too much too he went too far bc thank god for the bc but oh god i thank god for the ad i thank god for what i'm what i have now in christ because in him we live, and in him we move, and in him we have our being. Thank God for where he brought me from, but thank God where he has me now, and where he's taken me. And so I'm, I'm oh Lord, help us Jesus. But I see that David finds himself in this moment, in this situation, as they would say in this, in this funk, where he... He's making some bad choices. He's saying the wrong things. David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. David, do you not remember the golden glow of the anointing oil running down your face? Oh, God. I want to tell somebody that God has called and anointed you. But you made some bad decisions, some bad choices. And the reason why you don't get up is because every time you try, you, rem- you remember oh, what could have been. Look, I want to tell you, it, it, it didn't happen that way. Amen. But God is allowing you to rewrite the book, rewrite the chapter. Amen. We can't take that out it's a part of our history. Oh, but now let's fulfill his story in our life and let God be God. Stop dwelling on yesterday and get a hold of the present. Get up! shake yourself off and by the grace of God fulfill God's plan in your life he forgot about that anointing All he seemed to have forgotten about the promise look Jonathan Saul's son told him this in 1 Samuel twenty-three seventeen, and he said unto him fear not for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee and thou shalt be king over Israel Jonathan told him that. That's a promise. What the Lord spoke to this congregation Sunday morning, what God did here Sunday night, what God did last Tuesday, God's confirming promises that he's told you once and once, time and time again. But sometimes we hear those words, but we feel like I can't see that realizing itself in my life. David was at that point. Had he forgotten the guarantee that God gave him through Abigail, First Samuel twenty-five and thirty, and it shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning thee, and he th- and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel? Did David forget what King Saul himself said to him in First Samuel chapter twenty-four, verse twenty? And now behold, I. Know well that thou shalt surely, this is what Saul is saying to him, thou shalt surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thine hand. And three chapters later, he is saying, I'm going to perish by Saul's hand. Now I understand. And we get a promise, and we like to rejoice about Joseph's 24 hour miracle. And we get excited about that, but, you know, 20, prison, and 24 hours later, he's in, he's in the palace. But it didn't feel like 24 hours to him. Many years, many days, many weeks, many months from the promise, the coat of many colors, the blessing. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when we come, blessed when we go. That was, that was Joseph. Now he's in the pit. Now he's in the train heading to Egypt. Now he's in Potiphar's house as a slave. Now he's in prison. I don't know where you're at. All I will tell you is this God brought me here to tell you one more round. One more round. Joseph, don't give up in the pit. One more round. Joseph, don't get up. Don't give up in Potiphar's house one more round. Don't give up. I know they lied on you, but one more round. I know they forgot about you, but one more round. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. You know, the first time that we give in to our feeling of despair and gloom, and I can't do this. I'm done. Many good people, many, many good people. God's filled with the Holy Ghost. They've been baptized in Jesus' name. They, God's done a great work in their life, but they leave, leave church, leave God. Because they say, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. And what they're looking for is immediate relief. Because I want to tell you something. Hey Amen. When you're getting beat up, boom, boom, I'm going to say, "Hey, hey, throw that towel. Throw it. Right, you're looking over at, the, at, at your guy in the corner, eh? you better throw that. I'm about to come and get you. You better throw that towel. <laughs> why, because you want them to stop hitting you. Stop hitting me. But once they throw in the towel, you realize why did I do that? Why did I give up? Why did I let this slip from my hands? If I just held on a little longer I only had a few more seconds uh, a little more bobbing and weaving maybe if I could have just uh, maybe held my hands up a little higher why did I let them throw in the towel? I want to tell somebody it's not enough just to come to church. Amen. God's put promise in you. He's put potential in you. He's called you for greater things and, and you've, you've, you've settled. It's just coming. You said over it just sit down. It's not my turn this month. This is not my season. No, I'm telling you, God's saying one more round. You may not feel like it. You may not, you may not feel like you have the strength, but one more round. I'm going to tell two more stories, then I'm going to quit. There was a, a boxer from the country where my mother is from, Panama. And this boxer is known as Hands of Stone, Roberto Duran. But he fought a boxer here in the United States called Sugar Ray Leonard. And these are these were, these were, these were some tough characters. And their first match, he won. And uh, Sugar Ray realized, you know what, maybe. Took this guy for granted. And he hits pretty hard. I'm coming back. Prepared, conditioned. I'm coming. And the second time, he's fighting him and fighting him. Then he starts messing with it, gets in his head. And this boxer says, No mas no mas no more. He gave up. And instead of being known as a man that once beat Sugar Ray Leonard, he is known as no mas. Anytime anybody talks about Roberto Duran, they talk about no Let it not be said of you and I. Amen. When they talk about sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so and this usher and this Sunday school teacher, oh hallelujah let it not be said of us that all they can say oh that's the one that gave up no by the grace of God amen no amen rejoice not against me oh my enemy but when I fall I shall arise amen what do you say I'm going to fight one more round I'm going to fight one more round I'm going to fight one more round uh. I know this comes immediate relief. It's done. It's over. I could finally go to sleep and close both of my eyes and not worry about Saul chasing me. My children could finally aim and play in the playground and my wives can begin to unpack and settle in. We're not running from cave to cave and from, from hiding place to hiding place. Yeah, but, but amid uh, uh, all of this temporary relief, realize that you settled. You settled. And it's only for a, a, a season. It's only for a while. That person that gives up on God, amen, that gives in to their essential passions of infidelity or pornography just for a while. You give in and then all of a sudden the weight of your lewdness looms in upon you. The person that gives in and says, You know what, I can't handle this, and I just need to I need to leave my home. You leave your family, you leave your kids, you leave your spouse. There's only a relief just for a little while. Amen. The person that says, "I, I just want to get out of this, I want to leave this. It's only temporary. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 14: there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death, and even the laughter. Uh, even laughter, uh, the heart is, of his heart is sorrowful. And the end of that mirth is heaviness. David goes to the enemy's camp and he becomes a part of the enemy. He blends in. He tries to be one of them. Notice how David declares himself, thy servant to the enemy, the king. And he, he says, uh, I, want to, I just want to be here with you guys. I want to make an allegiance with you. And, and during that time, there is no more. Psalms from David. He lives a seemingly joyous life of 16 months, but there's no Psalms. 16 months of silence. And as things would go, things go from bad to worse. The Philistines decide to attack Saul, and David and his men have committed treason as they prepare to fight alongside the Philistines. See, now he's Now he's on the wrong side of the situation. And imagine how that would be if the United States Marine Corps joined forces with ISIS. That's kind of what happened here. David is joining. He's with the Philistines to fight against Israel. So David and his men, they're, they're going. But they said, no, you can't go with us. We don't trust you. So they send them back. And as David leads his band of rejected or dejected men back to Ziklag. Only to find it burned and empty the malachites are destroyed in temporary oasis that they had taken their family to and now david and the people that were there lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep amen and they they find themselves in a situation rejected by the philistines spoiled by the malachites no lands to fight for no family to go home to can things get any can things get any worse is the question and i come to tell somebody tonight that you're listening yes It can get worse, and many times it will get worse. Oh, I want to be encouraged. I know, I understand you want to be encouraged, but you have to understand, Amen, the, the, the weightiness of what's happening right now. Amen. Somebody's spirit is hanging in the balance because you're 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 struggling. You're saying, I, I can't handle this anymore, but I, I want you to hear me right now. Hear me as I come to a close. God is trying to allow you to understand that the problem, as was already said, is not the problem. And and you need to let God amen arise and let his enemies be scattered. and and put your life again in the master's hands. The Bible says that his soldiers now, these men that have dedicated themselves to him. They're picking up stones and they're saying, we're going we're gonna to kill you. Because we always want to blame somebody. It's always somebody's fault. When people leave church, they, they can't just say, you know what? I'm this Paxton, I'm carnal. No. It's somebody's fault. It has to be, I got to blame somebody. And thank God, the man of God has broad shoulders, and many times he's the one that gets the blame. If not him, amen, his spouse. And if not the spouse, then the family. If not them, one of the leaders. But it's somebody's fault except their fault. Again, we're not trying to assign blame. What we're trying to understand is we need to to, to make up in our mind, we need to realize that God has called you for such a time as this. Amen. This is part of the process. I know it's painful. I know it hurts. I don't like to get hit. But you have to understand this. In the midst of all this, David now feeling the blows. I've lost everything. My men are talking about killing me. They're wanting to stone me. And the Bible says that because the soul of the people was very greedy every man for his sons and daughters, we should ask ourselves, is David regretting his decision? And I believe, yes, he is. How do you cope with these moments? How do you handle this when you are... Tired of trying and tired of forgiving and tired of struggling week after week and tired of dealing with obstinate family and rebellious children and stubborn spouses. How do you handle all of this? Uh, Amen. How do you press through those rough and dark days? Uh, 1952, there was a lady by the name of Florence Chadwick who attempted to swim the 26 miles between the Catalina Island and the California coastline. As she began, she was flanked by small boats that watched for sharks and were prepared to help her if she got hurt or grew tired. And after about 15 hours of swimming, a thick fog set in. Florence began to doubt her ability, and she told her mother, Who was in one of the boats that she didn't think she could make it? She swam for another hour before asking to be pulled out, unable to see the coastline due to the fog. As she sat in the boat, she found out that she had stopped swimming just one mile away from her destination. One mile away from her destination. She had swam 25 miles. She lagged one mile. At a news conference the next day, she said, all I could see was the fog. I think if I could see the shore, I would have made it. But all I could see was the fog. Somebody tonight is looking at fog. I mean, you're you're trying. You got your stroke, but you're like, I don't even know if if I'm even making any kind of headway. I don't know if I'm even doing anything. I don't even know. But I want to tell you, come on, come on, come on. Amen. She got out. I can't do this one mile. I want to tell you that her story didn't end there, though. Two months later, Florence Chadwick attempted again and as chance would have it the same fog set in but she succeeded in reaching Catalina and this is what happened she said she kept a mental image of the shoreline in her mind while she swam and although I can't see it I know it's there I want to tell somebody here tonight, I understand. Amen. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to uh, to, to be able to, 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 to put a visual on it. But, oh, remember when God spoke it to you. Remember when God promised you. Remember when God put it in, inside of you through the word and through the ministry of the pastor. And, and you realize, oh, yes, God, you're speaking to me. This is for me. Hold on to that. There's a song that became very powerful and and sung a lot. But I believe it's because of this. Even when I can't see you, you're working. Even when I can't feel you, you're working. I can't see it. I don't feel it. I don't feel like lifting my hands. I don't feel like lifting my voice. I don't feel like showing up to church. Oh, but God, amen. I'm going to keep on putting one hand in front of the other hand. I'm going to keep moving my feet, amen, because I know where I'm heading to. Amen. I've got an image in my mind. Oh, I've got heaven in my view. I've got heaven in my view. I come to preach to the Rock Church as we stand all over this building. You must envision the shoreline ahead. Do not be decided or deceived by the fog of depression, the fog of unbelief, the fog of despair. The end is in sight. God may at this moment have the trumpet to his lips. (laughs) The angels are probably gathered together The saints soon to be reunited. Hell is trembling. You know why the enemy fights you so hard? Because he knows his time is short. He knows the round is almost up. And the point card is stacked against him. The ref has you as the winner. I said the ref has you as the winner. And he's trying to go for a knockout. He's he's just. But oh, by the grace of God. By the grace of God, you just keep bobbing and weaving. You keep praising. You keep trusting. Amen. You just fight one more round. I said you just fight one more round. Stay in the water. Keep swimming. Keep praising. Keep praying. Keep believing. Stay in the race. Stay in the ring. Stay in the fight. Mm. I want to tell somebody, dare to hope again. Dare to trust again. Dare to get up again. You know who this makes this harder for? You know, round one, it could be could be pretty tough. Once you make it about round seven, you realize, okay, I'm holding my own. But man, is that round 13? And that round 14. There's some good saints of God, but you've been running for a long time. I said, you've been running for a long time. You're starting to feel them cramps, and you starting to feel like, I can't do this. Oh, but I'm telling you, amen, one more round. Amen, one more service, one more prayer meeting. Hallelujah, one more Bible study. Come on, somebody needs to get generous again. Somebody needs to teach Sunday school class again. Somebody needs to curse someone else again. Someone needs to become a disciple maker, a soul winner again. Amen. Just a few more strokes. Oh, just one more round. One more round. One more round. This year, if the Lord should carry Impact 2021 undefeated, how? How are we undefeated? One more round. How are we undefeated? One more. I'm not giving up. We're not throwing in the towel. Let's come on. Ring the bell. Come on, ring the bell. I'm ready. Let's have church. Let's win souls. Let's make a difference. Let's reach our world. In the name of Jesus, let's fight one more round. One more round. You're oh, gonna live to see it happen. You're oh, gonna live to see it happen. David be oh, himself in the Lord. Oh, Encourage to yourself tonight. One more oh, round. I'm gonna
1: live to see it happen. I believe it.